In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leadership insights from leaders and businesses from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda by going to www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to this series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live. We're on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time. But if you miss us live, don't worry because you can hear us on every major podcast platform from iTunes to Google Play, Stitcher. And on this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your success. I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And tell me what you want to hear about on this show. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now on to our episode today. Our guest today says that like the Black Death of the Middle Ages, COVID will be remembered as a time of tremendous upheaval and change, a time that extends across industries and economies, as well as social and political structures internationally. The impact will be felt for at least a decade, if not a generation more. The current situation has really changed us. It has changed how we communicate, how we behave, and how we consume. And our guest says that one of the biggest and unexpected changes was how or is how we consume. And this new COVID consumer experience is all about e-commerce. Online shopping grew in the U.S. and Europe by triple digits during the lockdown periods as people were compelled to shop online. But what kind of impact is this having on the local economy right now? And what kind of impact will it have in the future? Our guest today is an expert in digital with an emphasis on local and consumer behavior. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Our guest is Greg Sterling, and he is the VP of Market Insights for Uber All. He is a recognized expert on the range of digital marketing topics and a contributing editor for Search Engine Land, previously. 
uh, Greg was the VP of strategy for Locology. And before he was in various analysts and executive roles at Opus Research, the Kelsey Group, allbusiness.com, and Tech TV. And he was also a former attorney. Now, as VP of Market Insights for Uberall, Greg helps Uberall enable SMBs and enterprise resellers to deliver memorable near-me brand experiences for customers um, at every step of the customer's journey. Uberall's solutions enable businesses to easily manage search and discovery, engagement and conversation in real time on all online platforms, mobile voice, and desktop, and also across websites, mobile apps, store locators, search engines, maps, social platforms, and advertising networks. Uberall is headquartered in Berlin with additional offices in San Francisco, London, Paris, Amsterdam, and Cape Town. And Uberall has clients among Fortune 500 companies as well as resellers. So, Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks for, for having me. That was quite a lengthy <laughs> introduction. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, let, let's just start, let's, you know, start with the facts. I mean, what are you seeing? What is the biggest change you, that you've seen in consumer behavior? Well, first, 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 I have to sort of explain that Black Death uh, reference. That was a little <laughs> dr- dramatic, perhaps a little melodramatic. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, this is a very serious situation. It won't wind up uh, killing as many people, anywhere near as many people as the uh, the plague did in, in medieval Europe. But, but in the sense that things have been interrupted and changed, um, there's there's sort of an analogy. I mean, you had a before and an after in medieval Europe with the with the Black Plague, and you'll have a, a before and after here with uh, with coronavirus. But in terms of what's What's changed? I mean, there are a lot of things depending upon what industry we want to talk about. I mean, look at travel, uh, look at movies, right? I mean, w- that's an industry uh, uh, which w- may never be the same again. Uh, live entertainment, sports, um, and on and on and on. I mean, it's it's just um, you know we live in the real world in local communities, and all of that stuff has been upended by our inability to kind of interact with one another and congregate and do the things that we normally do. And so, as you mentioned earlier, um, you know, the sort of a most immediate uh, byproduct of of all of this from a digital marketing perspective has been the tremendous acceleration of digital transformation and also online shopping, and um, you know, millions of new online shoppers, which is kind of hard to believe. You know, we're 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 25 years in or something like that, really, from mainstream internet adoption, and yet there are millions of people who really haven't shopped online until comparatively recently. Um, the kinds of things that people are buying, people are now buying cars online. That's not that's something that would have been, you know, mostly mm-hmm. unheard of in the past. Um, so it's it's just you know real estate uh, is is more and more virtual these days in terms of house house and apartment hunting, which has been a long term trend, but really accelerated. And then of course the way that businesses interact with customers, the way that they manage their employees. I mean, think about the work from home phenomenon. Many of the big tech companies now going to a permanent work from home policy. All of these things have been uh, either uh, dramatically um, changed or there's been a kind of a tremendous acceleration. There was this sort of cliche. It's now kind of a cliche because it's been said so many times. We've seen, you know, 10 years of digital change in a week and a half, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. I mean, the, so, 
but it's kind of true, you know, there's some truth in all cliches and it's kind of true. So there's there's a wide range of changes and e-commerce is kind of the most, uh, is one of the more tangible ones that people people have focused on. Mm-hmm. And, when, and when we talk about e-commerce, I mean, um, the first thing that cut come to people's lips are are Amazon or, you know, the big ones. But so, you know, what's happened among the SMBs, the smaller businesses in e-commerce? Well, I think think there's a lot of things going on. I mean, first of all, they're under tremendous financial pressure and many of them, you know, will fail. We won't have real clarity on that, but it's clear that hundreds of thousands of businesses in, in individual countries in the U.S., but also around the world will probably not make it. I think the Europeans have done a better job than the Americans in terms of supporting their economies, um, you know, and I don't want to digress too much into politics, but mm-hmm. there are some obvious reasons why that is. Um, but but many, many small businesses have had to do a number of things. They've had to move more, much more of their business online. Many of them have had to shift their business model or shift the products that they're selling. Certainly restaurants have had to invest in contactless payments. They've also had to, um, you know, there's no indoor dining. Uh, I mean, there was for a brief period in the during the interregnum, so to speak. But now we've got you know uh, lockdowns again, and so they've had to really focus their business on takeaway or takeout. Um, you know, delivery of virtual services. So people that are used to consulting face to face, financial services, advisors of all kinds, that has had to go virtual. And you know, some of the platforms are. Are supporting that with new video products or new new kinds of office uh, offerings. So really, what you had is a massive shift online. Um, you know, all the stuff that has been in the uh, you know list of recommendations for years is now finally happening. And those businesses that haven't been able to uh, virtualize, so to speak, some of their their business or make it possible to do curbside pickup or takeaway or you know th- those that aren't leaning on the internet now are are, are suffering or or will go go out of business and and what do you think when you i know this is a general question but when you're looking at kind of the smb world what do you think they're they're struggling the most with is it the is it changing products or is it just getting getting the technology up what do you think they're struggling with well, I think there's there's um, depending on the market that you're talking about. I think there's a lot of um, uncertainty, right? The on again, off again quality of mm. these closures, and that's that's problematic because people don't know if businesses are open or or what what they're doing. So that's one thing that they're struggling with, um, and that requires com- you know communication with their customers. So th- that's number one. That's one. It's not necessarily number one. Um, diminished revenue, right? Loss of revenue mm. because they're not able to do the kinds of things. I mean, think about Q4 now is that this is the time when everybody would be going into stores and doing tremendous amount of in-store shopping. Um, that's going to happen still, but it's going to happen in a dramatically reduced way. Or there'll be a lot of buy online, pick up, you know, click and collect, uh, curbside pickup, that kind of thing. Um, so so um, revenue, revenue declines or impacts. Um, managing employees, how to keep employees safe, and managing employees. There have been a lot of issues there. Um, uh, sort of making the transition to online service delivery or online, um, you know, sort of more of these online capabilities has been a struggle for some, uh, certainly. Um, just a lack of general knowledge about how to uh, how to really most effectively communicate with customers and make sure that they're they're main, maintaining that line of communication. I mean, c- consumers are e- eager to help these businesses, but if you can't, if you don't communicate with 
with them, then it's it's a big problem. And a quick anecdote to illustrate that. So I belong to a small gym in my in my uh, my area. Uh, it's just really a storefront, very small space, and I've been a member there for really 15, 16 years. And when everything, when gyms closed down, I'm in California, when gym closed, closed down in California, there was no communication from them at all. No emails, no, no physical mail, nothing that indicated, uh, yes, we've had to close and we're going to pause your membership or we'd like to continue billing you to help support us. Will you please authorize that? No phone call, nothing, zero communication mm-hmm. with them for, for months. And as a, con- as a consequence... Um, I, I canceled my membership. I wrote mm-hmm. them a, a letter and canceled my membership. And so that's, that, that kind of thing is really important. So there's, there's a variety of fronts on which these businesses are struggling um, to, to reach customers, to communicate with their existing customers, to deliver their products and services uh, in new ways or to make entirely new products in some cases. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really good point. And that's as, you know, making sure that their opening times are online and, and people know. Um, they, uh, in New Hampshire, where I am recording from today, um, they have a group of restaurants and one's closed on one day, one's closed on Tuesday, one's closed on Wednesday, they switch off. But it's not always being communicated, so you really don't know which one's open on which day. And so I understand. So that online presence is very, very important for for local for. Um, well, that's that's yeah. exactly right. I mean, I don't mean to cut you off. I, no, no. You, yeah, no, no. So no, that's please. that's exactly right. So these these restaurants perhaps are are trying to help each other out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, but but if they if they. Um, if they don't communicate with their customers, then their customers don't know which restaurant to go to, which could result in going to somebody else entirely. You know, I want Indian food, but if I'm not sure that the Indian restaurant's open, then I might go to the Mexican restaurant or I might decide not to go out at all and they lose that sale. So, you know, it's it's just really important for, for mm. them to, to communicate, especially with their loyal customers. Yeah. No, I think that's the communication is important. A great gym, uh, gym example, too. So we're going to, Greg, we're going to take a short break now and and when we come back, um, I'd like to talk about brands, okay? Um, because I gave the example, you know, buying local or, or going to Amazon and and find out what brands are doing online. And for our listeners, we are speaking with Greg Sterling. He is the VP Market Insights at Uberall. And he is a local search media industry expert and a past contributing editor at Search Engine Land and Marketing Land, which covers digital marketing. And at Uberall, he helps Uberall enable resellers enable SMBs to be present online. Uberall solutions enable businesses to easily manage search and discovery, engagement and conversion in real time on all online platforms. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Greg, you can reach out to Greg on Twitter at G Sterling and on Facebook at G Sterling and on LinkedIn at Greg Sterling. And if you'd like to learn some more about Uberall, please go to www.uberall.com. They are also on Twitter under Get Uberall, and they are also on LinkedIn under Get Uberall. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda Virtual, one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds digital conferences in Europe and is available 24 hours a, uh, a day online under www.digital.org. 
And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and today we are talking with Greg Sterling. He's the VP Market Insights at Uberall, and Uberall is a company that helps resellers deliver a memorable near me brand experience to their customers and we're talking about the digital presence and of uh, local businesses now during the pandemic and what's happened and um Greg before we were just talking about what's happening with with consumer behavior and what's happening with local businesses and we you gave a great example of relating to their customers. And I want to ask you the question, do, do you think that the local communities, you know, where you sit in California or where I sit in, in Germany, are, are focused on, on helping local businesses and focus on the impact this, this pandemic is having to local businesses? Well, I, I think the answer is absolutely. I mean, people recognize that that um, independent businesses are what make their many 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 times what make their communities really unique, and there is a lot of concern about the financial impact of the of the virus on the pandemic on these businesses. You know, as we discussed before, many are under tremendous financial pressure, running out of cash. So, I do think that consumers have been really sensitized to this issue, and many of them are making. You know, are trying to 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 support uh, businesses by, you know, going to getting takeout once a week or folk, you know, co- communicating on online forms uh, when when businesses are in distress. So there's and there's a lot of survey evidence that you know from McKinsey, from Nextdoor, from uh, Facebook and Google and Yelp and others that that show there's a lot of um, interest in supporting independent local businesses. However, 
I think the the convenience sometimes of online shopping, which can include local businesses certainly, but skews toward the bigger brands, Amazon and and others, big brands, big big uh, retailers, um, is 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 very um, seductive. And mm-hmm. one of the challenges these local businesses face is is creating online experiences that match or are, um, you know, good enough, close enough to 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 get. Uh, to get that business. It's, it's just really super easy for me to go on Amazon, find a product, buy it, my credit card's on file. Much harder, um, you know, for local businesses to compete with that. So there's there's uh, there's the attitude and then there's the behavior. And I think, um, you know, as much as people want to shop at local businesses, sometimes they default to these uh, these uh, bigger, bigger brands because they're just more visible, uh, they're more familiar, they have more um, available inventory and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And, do, and do you think do you think part of that is maybe the local businesses also don't don't understand the whole e-commerce component, okay? Or you know maybe they can put their products in a marketplace. Um, I mean that costs you know it, it costs them a little bit more. But do you think the process behind it is confusing for them? Well, I, I mean, we speak about small businesses as, as though it's a monolith, and I think there's a, you know enormous amount of diversity and 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 uh, variation there. There are some quote unquote small businesses that are quite sophisticated as digital marketers and then there are others who are clueless. And I do think that some struggle with getting getting their businesses online and 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 you know many many have not participated in e-commerce. But if you look at the um, the earnings of a company like Shopify, which is dedicated to uh, e-commerce enablement for many small businesses, they have done tremendously well. And Amazon has a lot of third-party small business uh, sellers on the platform. Um, Facebook and Google have both um, developed new products and new resources for small businesses. So they're they're coming online. They're the in increasingly, and but it's it's often difficult. I mean, one example is product uh, product search. If you were interested in a pair of hiking boots, for example, um, or a particular kind of um, you know you were looking for a particular kind of pet food or or clothing or whatever the whatever the item is, when you do those searches on on a search engine, you're going to see a lot of big retailers that have. Uh, inventory, either real-time inventory that you can buy online and pick up mm-hmm. in the store, or e-commerce inventory. That's very hard for small businesses to compete with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and right now, people aren't going out, sort of browsing in stores and doing a lot of, um, you know, kind of uh, serendipitous shopping. It's really about finding what you need, finding where you can buy it, and buying it. People are much more um, kind of uh, economical in this, and that's where the small businesses really have uh, trouble competing because they don't have. Um, eat big e-commerce catalogs or their real-time inventory online in many instances. Mm-hmm. And, and let's stay with that for a minute because it's a great example on searching. So um, with this whole shift in consumer behavior, what what is happening to the search experience? Um, you know, are you seeing trends from the consumer? Has it changed? Oh, I mean, absolutely. It really depends on the industry. I mean, again, we can point to travel as an example. Um, there's a great example um, I was talking with somebody who represented an agency that represented one of the major U.S. well international rental car companies, and they had a, pro, a, a, a you know a target consumer, and they thought they knew you know that they they had certain kinds of objectives uh, going into 2020, and then when the virus hit, everything changed. They they decided they had to target new consumers. They had to figure that out. New kinds of keywords. They went from people who were 
you know, uh, leisure or business travelers to targeting people under 25 who were driving one way to go home from college or from, from, you know, from where they were living. So it radically changed their market. And I think that that's been true of a lot of industries. Um, uh, you know, we can, we can sort of go down the line. And it, it shows up in the keywords that people are using. Uh, it shows up in the, in the volumes of different kinds of searches. And it also shows up in um, the kinds of things that people are looking for. I mean, one of the examples that Google gives is, uh, you know, 100% year-over-year growth in, you know, fill-in-the-blank available near me. 3,000% um, year-over-year growth in um, queries about uh, curbside pickup. Um, you know, people are looking for in-stock items. You know, think about when toilet paper was, was uh, well, I don't know if this was true in, in Europe, but certainly in the U.S., it was, it was in short supply for, for, for a while. And, um, you know, people were looking for in-stock, you know, toilet paper near me, toilet paper in stock. So they were doing those kinds of searches. And so the, they, they are responding to their real-life circumstances. Grocery delivery is another great one. Um, you know, restaurant delivery, they're responding to their real life circumstances. And that shows up in the keywords, the kinds of queries and the, and the volumes of searches that people are doing. Mm-hmm. And, and um, the, the, this change, okay, what, what about with brands, okay, because now you're talking about essentials, okay, so the consumer behavior with this pandemic has focused on essentials, what you really need. Um, what about things that are non-essential, okay, you know, um, those Nike sneakers or, or the difference between branded and unbranded searches? What changes are you seeing there? Well, I think, uh, I think that there's, the, again, we sort of have to, we have to sort of break it down by industry, which I, we, which we probably don't have a lot of time to do. But I think, um, you know, it, it's, it's not simply the case that people, you know, for a time people were looking for essentials and they abandoned all luxury. Mm-hmm. And I think that that changed um, you know, if you if you're Nike and you're there's there's a whole uh, communication issue here, right? So if you're if you're a brand, I mean, there was a lot of talk about brands being empathetic and brands being transparent and authentic and abandoning their traditional mes- messaging in favor of more uh, empathy for the customer, right? So they all they all kind of migrated from their kind of conventional messages, marketing messages, to something that really acknowledged what's going on, and. Brands that did a better job of that and were not being simply manipulative or cynical in their messaging, I think, uh, saw greater success. Um, We also had tremendous, I mean, you know, in the U.S., not in Europe, although there's uh, different political situations in Europe. In the U.S., there were also all these protests over police violence. Mm -hmm. And so that factored into some of the brand messaging. Um, So so, uh, we have seen... We have seen uh, a, a movement back into a broader array of products, not just essentials. But mm-hmm. the brands, the brands that that did well were ones that really acknowledged their customer situations, didn't you know put their customers first, and really tried to make everything much easier and more convenient for customers. Made you know um, a lot of retailers extending return timeframes and making it easier for customers to 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 buy in different ways, and you know really trying to accommodate the consumer. I think those are the brands who were who were empathy showed empathy and tried to accommodate the consumer that that did well. And I think it varies by. By, by industry a little bit, um, but is this with the, with the empathy, Greg? Um, isn't that just a? Isn't that also a, a shift that's driven by consumer behavior of people? You know, with the desire to spend 
their money with companies that kind of share their values and support. You know, um, so you know, it's kind of the chicken, the egg. You know, the brands are reacting to some of the situations, but then people are you seeing consumer behavior changing also? Yeah, I think that I think that's a really complicated. Uh, point because because I think yes and at, at the highest level younger consumers in particular but more broadly consumers uh, in general are are looking to purchase from companies that are supportive of of values and objectives that they uh, agree with right so so corporate polluters and people who are um, uh, you know, good good companies versus companies that are that are unethical or seemingly unethical that mm-hmm. exploit labor that that don't treat their employees well. You know, c- consumers increasingly are using the micro- marketplace as a mechanism to express social and political values. But it's not always the case that that translates into just as I was saying with attitudes and behavior earlier. It doesn't always one hundred percent of the time translate into into action. But in, but over the long term, certainly the arc over the long term is toward a more ethical marketplace for cert, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And do you think this is also, um, you know, the U.S. is big, and we've just seen this with the political situation there, and and the red or the blue states or whatever. Um, do you think that the trends are pretty consistent worldwide um, in? you know, searching and online and consumer behavior, or are they really fragmented depending on, on culture or in the U.S. Um, uh, on states? I think that it does depend on on culture and on regional variations. I mean, when Europe kind of came out of lockdown in the mid- middle of the summer and everybody went on vacation, which is you know, part of the reason why things are back to where they were yeah, because exactly. because everybody relaxed, right? And they thought, oh, yeah. this is over. We're going to go have a party. We're you know <laughs> off off to Italy or whatever. <laughs> you know? um, I think I think you you saw dramatic change. You know, people were stuck at home. Suddenly, they could come out, so they could travel. That that all shows up online in terms of people booking holidays, um, going out, looking for services, all kinds of stuff. And where where the um, you know, I think in Australia, um, things are you know they're they're having big in person events and sporting events and things like that. I think that all is is really regionally dependent, and it's really tied right now into into the. Um, uh, sort of epidemiology. How bad is it? And if people are stuck at home, then you'll see that showing up in their digital behavior. And if they're free to go out or travel, then you then you see that also reflected. And it and it and it depends on where they are in the world. And it may be spe- state specific in the U.S. because there are some states that are better off than others right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and not just cultural, but what about generational? Okay, um, you know, uh, you you have new consumers online now. Um, probably generations that were not buying so much online. Are you seeing statistical shifts in that? That you know, there's not a huge difference between the generation Z and the baby boomers anymore, as far as spending online is concerned. I think it's a generalization that that's right. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who 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 really didn't do much online shopping that now have have embraced it. Um, you know, younger consumers were more inclined to to buy things online. Although ge- um, Generation Z or Generation Z um, like like going into stores more than the millennials, and they have mm-hmm. a preference for in-store shopping. But yes, everybody has been compelled by circumstance 
to, to spend much more time online and to do much more online. And, and what will be interesting to observe is when this is all finally over, hopefully next year, knock on wood, um, you know, how much of the old behavior returns? Or does it, does it, or do we see something quite different? Um, my, my Black Death example suggests we'll see something quite different, but it remains mm-hmm. to be seen. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I think so too, Greg. And when you talk about in-store, you know, generations that liking the in-store experience, what are, what are local businesses or, or bigger retailers doing? How are they bringing this in-store experience to us um, in a virtual world? Are you seeing examples of that? There are some. I mean, I think it, it, it really is about kind of making the web the web experience. You know, there, there's kind of two. If you're a retailer, there's sort of your own owned and operated properties, your website, your your mobile site, and then there's uh, you know the third party platforms that you need to be on. Maybe that's Amazon, certainly Google, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you know the other sites that you may be that you may be on, um, and. You, you, you know, you need to, we talked a little bit about product inventory, bringing as much of your product catalog online and making that visible is really important. So people can find the products that they're looking for. Also, um, also in some cases, people are using things like advanced technologies, like augmented reality, which is still a novelty, but it's being used effectively in some contexts, you know, by, by certain kinds of furniture retailers to see the piece in your, in your, in your living room or, um, in the case of uh, uh, e-bags, is a good example. Samsonite owned e-bags. They have added sort of 3D uh, kind of augmented reality uh, imagery to their site. So you can spin products around. You can look at them more holistically. And the more sort of tangible you can make that bra- browsing experience, uh, the better. And mm-hmm. so, so they have to invest in those kinds of upgrades. Mm-hmm. And do you think do you think as they do this, Greg? Um, do you think people are going to kind of lean away um, from from going into big retail stores? You know, in the future, you think that's going to be one of the changes? No, I don't think so. I mean, no. I think I think that we will see a a, a convenience based consumer. I think um, you know sometimes you'll shop online if you have. If that you know you don't have time, or it's after hours, sometimes you'll go into the store. But the the relationship between online and offline is really becoming much more tightly integrated. Mm-hmm. And um, they, the 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 need you know you, you buy online, pick up in store. You can buy online and return at the store. You can see something in the store and then buy it online. We're we're going to see a much more um, you know in the past it was very separate online and offline and now it's going to become much more integrated mm-hmm. going forward and stores still have a very important role to play which if you want we can talk more about in the next yeah session. that's what I like to do we're going to take a break now and um, for uh, when we get back I'd like to talk about that you know uh, that kind of integrated experience and also a little bit about global versus local okay and for our listeners we are talking with greg sterling he's the vp market insights at uberall and he's an expert in local search and media and uberall has solutions that enable businesses to easily manage a search and discovery engagement and conversion in real time on all online platforms mobile voice and desktop across mobile apps store locators, search engines, maps, and social platforms. And if you'd like to learn more about Uberall, please go to www.uberall.com. Um, they're also on Twitter under Get Uberall and on LinkedIn under Get Uberall. And if you'd like to 
get a hold of Greg, who has great insights. You can go to Twitter at G Sterling. He is also on Facebook under um, G Sterling, G-E-S Sterling, and also on LinkedIn under Greg Sterling. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you see a path to exciting opportunities? Are you missing transformation situations in your world? Tune into Get to the Future on Time. Do differently tomorrow. Hosted by Jay Allen. We will challenge you to question what is seen as impossible to do in your field. But if done, would be transformative to understand that the burden of regret is greater than the risk of leading. Listen every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking with Greg Sterling, and he's the VP Market Insights at UberAll. And Uberall is a great business that has solutions that enables businesses to easily manage search and discovery, engagement, and conversion in real time on all online platforms. So, Greg, we were before the break. You were kind of. T- I asked you about these retail stores disappearing. You were t- started talking about the integrating experience. Um, do you have any insights what that kind of can look like in the future, and you know what examples you're seeing now? Well, we, we've already talked about it a yeah. little bit. So, yeah. so in terms of um, offline to online, it's it's about getting your product catalog online in in a lot of different places. So, making it making it easy for people to figure out if you've got something in stock. And Google, Google, and uh, Google and Facebook have done a lot there. Google in particular. Um, in, in in terms of of online to offline, it's about uh, enabling people to pick up products in the store or at curbside, buy it online, pick up in store, click and collect. Um, it, it's also about um, you know giving people the ability to return products that are bought online mm-hmm. in store. Quick quick anecdote there: uh, the retailer Banana Republic, which is owned by um, ultimately private equity, but Gap, it's part of the Gap companies. I bought a I bought a shirt online uh, some time ago. 
And it didn't really fit me when I got it. I hadn't tried it on. And so I took it into a store and I said, I'd like to return this. It doesn't really fit. And they said, oh, I'm sorry, you can't return it in the store because you bought it from uh, the the Banana Republic outlet. And then they started going into some arcane discussion of how their inventory <laughs> systems were totally separate and they couldn't accept returns. And it was just the most, most outrageous thing that I'd ever heard. <laughs> Yeah. And so, so you know, being able to giving consumers yeah. a lot of choices mm-hmm. and and convenience, and so so um, you know, um, real time inventory online, uh, yeah. buy online, pick up in store, and um, and then also stores becoming fulfillment centers for e commerce, right? So you're not shipping from a warehouse; you're shipping from the store. So there's there's going to be more of that of that uh, kind of thing going on. Yeah, I just saw that recently with uh, Carter's and Oshkosh for kids things. You know, you can you can order online and you can ship right here to the Carter store or, you know, just different consumer choices. Um, so, I, I mean, I, that I think that's a great change and giving consumers more power. Um, another thing I want to ask you, 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 you've talked about or you and I have had discussions uh, on, on companies and I don't know if you mean local business, but creating a local global brand. What do yeah. you mean by that? Well, so there, there, there are you know there are different kinds of companies, right? There are global companies, uh, BP, Shell, McDonald's, IKEA that are that are truly global companies that operate in many, many countries. And um, but but ultimately, all the fulfillment is local, right? You interact mm-hmm. with these companies on a local basis. Um, in most cases, uh, you 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 go to a local McDonald's. You can't, you know, you're not getting. I mean, notwithstanding food delivery, you're basically not getting a burger shipped to you in the mail. So, um, you, you know, so, so the interaction, the fulfillment is, is, is predominantly, if not exclusively, in a particular place and at a particular time. And so in a, in a certain, you know, brands think of themselves as these sort of, um, you know, uh, disembodied entities sort of floating in the ether. And they have TV commercials and they have their different media channels. But they're really fundamentally mostly about a local experience. And, and. Um, and what that means is that they have to pay attention to what that experience is, both offline and online. What does that brand look like online from a local consumer standpoint? And and this plays out in particular in reviews. Uh, very often, big brands don't respond to local reviews. So people use leaving comments on Facebook or reviews on Google or uh, other review platforms, and they just simply are met with crickets by these mm-hmm. brands. So they have to do they have to execute on a local level uh, which means getting all their data out in in local uh, directories um, responding to reviews um, addressing that local consumer that local customer not speaking like the voice of god from on on high but speaking with a local voice and personality that is appropriate to the market that they're in because berlin is very different from london which is different again from uh, uh, you know, uh, Auckland, New Zealand, and different from Los Angeles or Minneapolis, Minnesota, or Toronto. Mm-hmm. These are all places with unique character and culture, and to some degree, these brands have to modify their their messaging for those places. So the brands are becoming more local. And I have another question: Do you think it's possible, since we're in, in this big e-commerce, that local com- local stores? actually become global. And I'll give you a quick example. At the beginning of the pandemic, I needed to order Paw Patrol masks for my nieces, okay? Googled it, couldn't find them any place in Germany, any place. I found a little store in Connecticut, 
that then got me Paw Patrol, and that was between Germany and Connecticut. And right here, um, uh, you know, in New Hampshire, I, there's a woman here who's doing beaded lanards for masks, and she's mm-hmm. shipping them all over the world. I mean, do you mm-hmm. think this is a new opportunity for for uh, businesses that were traditionally local to also get a, a larger global audience? Absolutely. And and the and the uh, the issue, as you sort of imply in your in your uh, anecdote, is is exposure. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, the, certainly the demand is there, and if people are aware of the products or the capabilities of these small businesses, um, then then there's there's probably a market, and it's a great hedge against, uh, you know, um, these these business closures. If you can expand your distribution to places where there's demand, then that's great. The the challenge is exposure. The challenge is digital marketing or getting piggybacking on one of these marketplaces, Etsy or Amazon or, uh, you know, wherever, Pinterest or wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, at, um, exposure, let's talk about that. I mean, is there any kind of secret formula? I know at Uberall you guys help uh, SMBs get exposure. Is there, a, is there a formula that local stores can follow to get exposure? Well, at, at the highest level, um, probably yes. So, you know, you need to be on the key. You, you need to understand where your customers are. You need, to, you need to understand who your customer is and what their digital behavior is. Are they on Instagram? Are they on Facebook? Everybody uses Google. Um, you know, where where are the customers looking for your product? And then you need to have a presence there. Um and, and, and you know, I mean, what Uberall does is it helps brands, and then through partners, it helps small businesses uh, syndicate their business data to these different different directories and different places. It also does some other things as well. But for purposes of uh, this conversation, it's about getting people exposure. But then beyond that, once you're there, you need to, um, you know, what they as they say in the business, optimize that presence, pictures, respond to reviews specials communicate with the consumer engage with the you know the customer if you're if you have a static page on facebook um which unfortunately i do i don't really engage that much on facebook but let's just say you're a merchant you know that that uh, that pet store or pet supply store that you talked about if they just have a static page on facebook that's very different than if they're on facebook and they're talking to their customers they're answering questions they're posting pictures they're creating specials that's a very very different thing and that's that's the next level you can you, you know be on all the places that your customers are but then you need to engage and be and essentially have a conversation conversation is kind of the metaphor here and it, execution is challenging yeah. for everybody I- yeah, I mean, for SMBs, you know, their 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 job is 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 not doing social media. Okay, you know, their job is making the product, or the, yep. the woman who makes the lanards making the bead lanards. Right. Um, so it would make sense for them to reach out to get help to do that uh, because it is time consuming, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there are some people who have an affinity, a natural affinity for some of these things, and then other people. Um, you know, can get it, can get the what they need to do, kind of conceptually, intellectually, but but having the time to do this or to develop the expertise to do it well uh, is is the challenge. And you know, for businesses that can afford it, they can work with agencies or mm-hmm. independent marketing consultants. Um, you know, sometimes there are company, you know, web their web hosts may offer some of these services. Uh, so so yes, time is really the the precious variable that m- most people don't have uh, enough of, and so it does make sense if you can afford it to get get help from a professional. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to come back on getting help from a professional. 
on the engagement because you, you you're emphasizing in in almost every segment we've talked about engaging with your customer yep. and ratings and reviews and and you know big companies may not be that great at getting back but ratings and reviews how how important is that for a local business well i mean the short answer is it's very important because think about your own behavior and everybody listening to this just has to reflect on their own behavior. So if you need somebody to, if you need an electrician to come into your house or you need somebody to paint your apartment, um, what are you going to do? Well, you might call a friend and say, or a family member and say, I need this kind of thing, but more likely than not, you're going to go online and you're going to go to a particular directory or search engine and you're going to say, you know, best painter, best electrician or electrician near me, you know, in your geography. And then you're going to see a bunch of listings and you're going to then try to have to differentiate between those listings. And one of the ways you do that is through reviews and people, you know, I mean, depending on the survey, you consult either 80% plus or 90% plus of online consumers read reviews before making purchase decisions. So they're very important. Also reviews uh, impact visibility on search engines. So if you have a lot of reviews and your reviews are generally positive, uh, and they say things that are helpful to the consumer, you're going to get more business than somebody who doesn't have reviews or who has negative reviews. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Greg, we're getting, we're getting towards the end of the show. And, um, you know, we've got, we've got both executives from large businesses, brands, retailers, as well as SMBs listening us, to us today. Um, what would be your recommendation? How, how can we as businesses prepare for the post-COVID consumer experience? Well, unfortunately, the answer is you have to do everything well. You know, you, 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 it, it, it's, it's very challenging because now you really have to have a, a very polished online. I mean, and by polished, I don't mean sort of wooden or, or generic, but you have to have a, a pretty uh, developed online presence in, in all the places that matter to your customers. And... Um, you know, you need to you need to 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 be responsive to people online, and and you know you need to you need to be able to um, uh, to compete at the local level, and it means different things for different different companies. But um, y- y- you've got to, You've got to deliver a. Um, I mean, there's all this this cliche about seamless online and offline experience. You you really have to do the best job you can to make it easy for your customer to buy things from you to get information about your business, and that starts online. But mostly, it's going to end offline, and you have to deliver a great customer experience. These are these are kind of business fundamentals, but executing the, executing them across media channels is a is a is a bit of a challenge. So, if the customer is in the center of the business and you organize your operation around the customer, then um, chances are you're going to do pretty well. And if you bring in some outside people to help you and give you advice that know what they're doing, chances are you can do relatively well. Some of the bigger, the giant companies have trouble executing at the local level. Um, th- there's some operational challenges in these large corporations. But um, in, so in some ways, small businesses have an advantage in, in competing at the local level. Mm-hmm. Good. So um, in a last, that's really good advice on how to prepare. I mean, so really get things right now so that they'll be right later is what I'm hearing you saying. I think it's an ongoing it's an it's an it's ongoing evolution but yeah so so you know you have to do stuff today and you'll get better over time at it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, a personal question as we get to the end of the, the show what is the what is the biggest 
your biggest takeaway from this whole experience um, as a, you know, as a person, as a digital marketer, as a, as a, a, a father, everything, what one last kind of wrap up um, your personal takeaway? Well, that's, that's a very, very broad question. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but, but, um, um, you know, um, my personal takeaway, I don't have like a piece of digital marketing advice to give, but but my personal takeaway is there are human beings behind the scenes here. We we talk as marketers about, you know, search engine optimization or paid PPC, all these sort of terms of art. Um, really just focus on the human beings, uh, the, 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 the human behind the small business, the customer who is a human being. It's, it's businesses that can do that and to, can keep that in mind and don't treat their customers like objects or means to an end. Um, is are really are really in a much better position and and you know be human centered be customer centered and really put that person first and think about uh, think about the, the the small business owner as a human being not as a as a um, uh, uh, you know a source of revenue for you if you're a vendor etc I, I I think that's great insight thank you Greg and thanks so much for t- taking the time to be with us today and for our listeners we've been speaking with Greg Sterling and he's the VP Market Insights at Uberall and he's an industry expert he was also a contributing past contributing editor at Search Engine Land and Marketing Land and Uberall provides solutions that enable businesses to easily manage search and discovery, engagement and conversion in real time on all online platforms, mobile voice, desktop, across mobile apps, store locators, search engines, maps, social platforms, and advertising networks. And if you'd like to learn more about Uberall, please go to www.uberall.com. They're on Twitter and on LinkedIn under Get Uberall. And if you'd like to reach out to Greg, you can reach out to him at greg.sterling at uberall.com. He's also on Twitter at G Sterling and on Facebook under G Sterling and on LinkedIn under Greg Sterling. So Greg, once again, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Stay safe. Okay. Thank you, and, and, and thanks hope, for having me. Yeah, and for listeners, thank you for listening, and please tune in again to us next week. With that, I wish everybody a great week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.